Next on the Well of Sound, Swamp Dog. So here's how it went. We were saying, we need a soul entry, a solid soul entry. And you said, what about Swamp Dog? Question mark. At which point I went, oh, oh, oh no. I, I don't know anything about Swamp Dog. Started researching. Yeah, two yeah, Gs. Two G's. Yeah. Started researching and I fell into the madness that is Swamp Dog, the wonderful madness that is Swamp Dog. I, these songs, I've been looking for these songs for a long, long time. I mean, instantly, they took me back to, uh, they made me think of the first uh, Parliament album, which I had in high school and really affected me. It, it was sort of, um, that first album is before uh, they nailed down what we know as the parliament sound it's mm -hmm. still experimental there's a there's a country song on there anyway swamp dog taps into that that sort of reckless feel that i feel like i was always looking for for more of from that album and then oh. here's this full catalog how did you hear this guy that that's a good question because I, I was trying to think about it in preparation for this cast you know i don't know that parliament record okay I, like i I sort of know a little bit of late period parliament, but I, as I've been immersing myself in Swamp Dog, uh, a lot of people ask him about George Clinton and, and sort of yeah. their, their, their vibe because they're both just, there's, people say that Swamp Dog is like parliament crossed with Frank Zappa. Okay. But I'm not sure that really fits because I hear a lot of like Southern Soul, Al Green, Muscle Shows, Shoals, Stacks sound in there. So how did I find out about it? I, I, um, I was really into, and I still am, I have a big, big thing for uh, the Bee Gees. Okay. And especially for um, Robin Gibb. But one of my favorite of their early singles is I've Got to Get a Message to You. Yeah. I just love that song and it kind of the harmonies, the whole thing. And Swamp Dog covers that song on in 1971 but then you read anything about Swamp Dog and people are like, well, you got to start with Total Destruction of Your Mind. Yeah. And if uh, truthfully, we should that's probably start starts. with with little Jerry yeah, Williams. Yeah, of course, that's yeah, that's where Swamp Dog starts. But Swamp Dog is not Swamp Dog until 1970. But he's still working in music as of like 1962, maybe or earlier, earlier than, than that. That's 58 or something. So, so basically, um, he was he's a, he's a child of music. His mother uh, was in a top 40 cover band in the early 50s. Uh, and as with his stepfather, and I think his maybe his brother was in the band as well. So he grew so he grew up in in Virginia, in Portsmouth, Virginia. His family housed big acts, um, high and low, on the Chitlin circuit. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, he was introduced in person to a lot of major black acts going through the South. His mother and stepfather uh, were able to do a vanity re recording. Uh, he was given one track to, to, to shine. And so at, at like age 12 in 1954, he cut one called, I think, HTD Blues. Huh? Um, at age 12, you said? Age 12. And he's really putting on a voice. And I feel like this is, is sort of part of Swamp Dog is, you know, from this first track, he's putting on sort of a character. He's imitating. Um, but he sort of embodies characters, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's sort of like fake it till you make it in this case. But then gradually he was doing more and more songs. And, and this is one of my favorite little tidbits. Uh, in... Nine or sorry, when he was fourteen, two years later, he, he's opening for Sam Cooke in Ugh, in yeah. little little places all throughout this circuit. Really, so, yeah. I mean, he's cutting his teeth at a really early age, and then getting into the writing aspect. Um, 
and we can go down that that road as as far can as can we hear a little Jerry Williams recording? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite? Well, my favorite is one that you pointed out. It's called "Socket to Yourself." Oh man! And I think it's as good as a song as he's ever recorded. Yeah. Even though he recorded so many great songs, so here's "Socket to Yourself." <laughs> been producing records for a little while at this point yeah i think so and uh the command of the arrangements is is fantastic Mm -hmm. and the eccentricity is not there yet no well i mean i guess his his voice is unique there i feel like that's sort of as as close as you're going to hear to his his natural singing voice which is somewhere between like i I almost liken it to nina simone at times like it it sounds like a sound a little like that yeah and then i've heard uh I've heard him compared to Van Morrison, which sounds strange, but if you hear something like in my resume um, and maybe a couple others, you can actually, it, it's more about rhythm mm-hmm. of, of the vocals. Than, a lot of, than, he does a lot of scatting. Yeah, we yeah. know, he even does scatting on the end of Total Destruction of Your Mind. Yeah. So with that song, you know, and many others as Little Jerry Williams, he's, I, I feel like he's pushing the boundaries of what, uh, you know, middle of the ro- road soul can be he's always you know socket to yourself is about <laughs> you're gonna be stuck masturbating <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get with me essentially and like you know that it's always it's there there's another <laughs> one called i'm so mad i wish i could break everything she ever had <laughs> you know he's there's there's anger there at times but it's always delivered with humor it, it lends itself to him being a great writer mm-hmm. and then of course it lends itself to him creating a persona and out of frustration of of not being able to to make it middle of the road and and sort of you know play to to a larger white audience but instead just be this incredible character he's just a, i mean he's like a professional character who also happens to be extremely talented extreme because you see the cover for rat on or you see the cover for total destruction of your mind he's wearing shorts he's wearing shorts on a lot of like basically a lot of albums. you realize all of a sudden that black men of that era never wore shorts yeah and and like because everyone who talks about those records are like here he is wearing shorts again and he's he's on the back of a of a garbage truck <laughs> and he's a small man and he's a small man with, he, and he, he goes funky on looking legs yeah he says like i'm not i knew i was never gonna be the the guy that sort of drove the women crazy um so i had to sort of figure out something else right and um i think though i mean he's he's proficient enough not just proficient enough gifted enough that um atlantic records ahmed Ertugin, I've never always never known how to say that name, yeah. but the famous, famous uh, guy behind all those amazing Atlantic records, he hires Jerry Williams to produce. It lasts all of about eight months or so because yeah. he realizes he was under pressure. They were under pressure to hire a black guy. So they hired him, but they didn't give him anything to do. No. All and though he did do some production, but he never got credited for it. Right. And he brought the Commodores to Atlantic before they went to Motown. They had they had uh, Lionel Richie playing sax, not doing vocals. It's like, you know, he, he saw some big things in, in some certain people, but he couldn't break it through. That's so interesting. But he it, it doesn't last long there. No, no, no. And in fact, he was... He doesn't doing... last long anywhere, as far no, as I can tell. Trying, and I, I think that really plays, that really plays into it. Is, is Right before he was in it, at Atlantic, he did have his own company and was doing some sort of respectable producing, but um, doesn't work there while he was in Miami. It doesn't work at Atlantic. Um, but he does find a home at Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of right beto- before the dawn of, uh, of Swamp Dog, uh, which again is is built out of this like he's getting screwed left and right by record executives, and and just he says that Swamp Dog comes out of um, uh, basically a mental breakdown. Like 
anxiety attacks that put him in the hospital, you know, near heart attack situation. And there's, isn't there some LSD involved? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, But so right before the dawn of Swamp Dog, he's at Muscle Shoals and he does this, he produces... So, so he's writing with guys like Gary U.S. Bonds they're, they're, and Charlie they're, Whitehead right. and really clicking. Um, and they produced Doris Duke, which is that album, that the uh, I'm a Loser album that, that you sent me that is yeah, They call phenomenal. it Deep Soul, Deep Soul, which is sort of um, soul music that stuck to its roots, Southern soul that stuck to its roots even after it wasn't maybe as popular. It's, it sounds a lot like the high records, you know, the Al Green sound, the mm-hmm. Billy Mitchell Memphis sound. That sounds a lot like Deep Soul. Mm-hmm. But Doris Duke was this sort of, she recorded two albums. It didn't really go anywhere. She's got this amazing voice. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, I think she, in interviews, you know, she disowns that record. She says it wasn't really good. And people are obsessed with that record, I'm a Loser. Um, Should we hear something Yeah, from let's it? See, play a song. Every time I'm with you, darling, a fever comes over me. Oh, yeah. There's a burning deep inside that just won't let me be. It's got everything you want from a song. It's got a little bit of Motown. It's got those strings. It's amazing feel on the drums. It sounds like Muscle Shoals. It sounds like uh, yeah. um, David, whatever his name is, the incredible Muscle Shoals drummer. But it's just right. in the pocket. Um, and she's got this gospel voice that's carrying the thing. And um, I mean, there's a song on there called Feet Start Walking, which is uh, yeah. which is great. Yeah, It's... Uh, there's, it's, uh, it's wonderful stuff. For me, it's like I'm trying to figure out how much I love Swamp. I love the Swamp Dog sound, which you could almost call the Jerry Williams sound. Yeah. And then there's the Swamp Dog character mm-hmm. who, when he produces, he he says he loves to write songs for women. And he was known as someone who could write really good songs for women because he was raised by a lot of very strong women. And it was yeah. actually easier for him to get into the female psyche right. than the male psyche, though... Some of his later output might, uh, I'm not sure would pass muster with the ladies, but it, uh, it, uh, he, he writes a lot for women and that, that record's considered a bit of a classic. Yeah. And a little, uh, little nice bit of trivia there is that, um, so they were recording at, at Muscle Shoals and, and the Allman Brothers were sort of forming at that time. And you'll hear Dwayne Allman, uh, his guitar licks on, on some of those Doris Duke tracks. Pretty yeah. fun. Ghost of Myself is, is one that, that comes And you can tell mind. when it's Dwayne yeah. playing, it's like when he plays on Aretha's The Weight or something like that. You can tell. Yeah. The, the slide guitar goes, or that version of... Uh, Hey Jude, that uh, who who does the version of Hey Jude that he plays on Wilson Pickett maybe? Hmm. Eh, that solo is just insane. That's Eric yeah. Clapton's favorite guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that, but that's that's Dwayne Allman. That's that's like a different that's job. A whole, but they're there. Yeah, that's all happening. At right, and he he reflects fondly on that as as being a, a wonderful place to create music, a wonderful time. You know, uh, a, a lot of. Um, uh, white and black musicians working together to make some pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff that he writes about, he really uh, says, you know, that's that's not me. It's something that was going on around me with my friend, my neighbor, all that stuff. He really takes it on. But the ultimate character, as we've said, <laughs> is Swamp Dog. And I wonder if this is this is a, a bit of a, a, a monologue here, but I wonder if it's worth describing how Swamp Dog came to be in uh, Jerry's own words. Let's hear it. Um, I became Swamp Dog in 1970 in order to have an alter ego and someone to occupy the body while the search party was out looking for Jerry Williams, who was mentally missing in action due to certain pressures, maltreatments, and failure to get paid royalty on over 50 single records. Most of all, the tracks included were recorded in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and Macon, Georgia, which brings me to how the name Swamp Dog came about. Jerry Wexler, 
Atlantic Re- Records VP. I mean, you know, the guy f- behind Ray Charles, Dusty Springfield, Led Zeppelin. Mm. Um, uh, Jerry Wexler was recording in the newly discovered mecca of funk Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He coined the term swamp music for this awesome funk predominantly played by all white musicians accompanying the R&B institutions. Uh, I was also using the same swamp players. I was tired of being a a jukebox singing all the hits uh, by Chuck Jackson, Benny King, etc. and being an R&B second banana. I wanted to sing about everything and anything and not be pigeonholed by the industry. So I came up with the name dog, two G's, because a dog can do anything and anything a dog does never comes up as a real surprise. If he sleeps on the sofa, shits on the rug, pisses on the drapes, chews on your slippers, humps your mother-in-law's leg, (laughs) jumps on your new clothes and licks your face, he's never gotten out of character. That's the creation of Swamp Dog. Well then, okay, we got to go straight from there to the first Swamp Dog track, which is the title track of Total Destruction to Your Mind, which uh, does not sound like the soul stuff we've been playing to you. It sounds immediately like... Sly and the Family Sly Stone. Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, it's, there's some drugs in the equation, yes. and it, but it's kind of perfect. This is what got me completely in. It's just such, such sitting on a cornflake, riding on a roller skate. That it goes from there. Too really late does. to meditate. He's he and he talks about you know the his first record, which Total Destruction in Your Mind is such a fully formed persona right out of the gate. And he, um, but that it, it it's also lyrically one of his strangest records too, because it's got that it goes straight into synthetic world, right? Which is a sort of a, a a take on consumerism of the time. Him being a country boy coming into the city, and, and uh, Jimmy Cliff does an incredible version of that. Song. Oh, really? In fact, that I had heard the Jimmy Cliff version okay. before I'd heard the Swamp Dog version, and I'm not a big reggae reggae guy, but yeah. the Jimmy Cliff version's awesome. Yeah, it's from 1972, so he's covering it two years right on later. The tail, yeah, and then. Um, he has a song called Redneck, which is um, kind of exactly what you'd think. Yeah. Uh, though he's he's making fun of rednecks, but he's also that was written by um, uh, what's his face uh, the the guy that he, he Joe South. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Redneck is written by Joe South, and then If I Die Tomorrow, and then in parentheses I've Lived Tonight begins his unbelievable streak of song titles with parentheticals. I mean, no one. We're gonna go through them later, but he yeah. really has. There's a song called Salafaster, which is some strange kind of almost stand-up comedy thing about some something he's trying to sell. He does a Bobby Goldsboro song. Bobby Goldsboro does this country singer called The World Beyond, which is about post-nuclear holocaust. Yeah. It's not typical Bobby Goldsboro material, but it's awesome. It is awesome. And uh, then he does another Joe South song called These Are Not My People, which is fantastic yeah that's a wonderful song and sort of the 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 baby's mind is on there that's a great tune too yeah but that's about being the baby daddy yeah that's that's not something that's sung about very often no r&b at this time it's a guy basically an illegitimate father or claiming an illegitimate son yeah kind of aggressively despite the 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 mother's protestations yeah well there's a real um I, i feel like uh that's a good example of um the songwriter skill at work he talks about you know graduating from from the stuff he was doing as as little jerry williams uh which was sort of imitating stuff that's going on and then actually starting to to tell stories of the who what where when what's going on in this song and and that's a full story there with the baby's mind um but then mama's baby daddy's maybe is uh, the big hit from from the album, I think. Uh, as much as there's a hit. Yeah, as much but as there's a, a hit. It's a great song, right? 
Yeah, should we hear that? Yeah, sure. All the woman tells me is she's going back again. She ain't never settled down. She's always been wild. And now I'm wondering about our only child. Could it be Mama's baby? I mean that's that's the flip side of the baby's mind. It's it's now the the guy who <laughs> he's, he's you know, not his daddy. He's maybe. not the maybe, um, and that's I wouldn't say is a typical sound for him. You know that's more of a blues song, uh, and total destruction sounds like you know sort of leaning towards funk. And then we've got stuff that's got country roots. We got a lot, frankly, of country roots in Swamp Dog. And this is one of the things about Swamp Dog at this early stage. There's not a lot of, I mean, there, there's a, there's some cross-pollination yeah. b- uh, between black and white artists, but it's mostly white artists covering black artists. I mean, it's it's the Beatles. I mean, going back to the, sure. to the British invasion. And you, slowly, like, you do have that Wilson Pickett covering Hey Jude. You do have a little bit of that working its way and al green you know is covering uh ain't it funny how time slips away which is a willie nelson song that's night that's in the early 70s but swamp dog goes all in i mean he's covering the Bee Gees. he's yep. covering joe south he's covering um the beatles he covers lady madonna on his third record um and he sort of he, he would say I think in interviews he said that you know uh, if he's like if you switch sw- slip away uh, strip away the horns and the vocals what you have for with him is country music which I don't actually think is true yeah but he's saying that when he was a kid it was all white music until like ten know, o'clock ten o'clock yeah. and so that's what he was listening to and then ten p.m. that's when you'd hear the R and B and so he, his first musical exposure was all. Uh, country music and yeah. he he tries to record a country album later can, can i read to you the biological trifles that he includes in total destruction of your mind absolutely this is swamp dog has is a um quote machine he's a copy <laughs> machine like he, he he was born way too early because twitter would just dev- devour oh, you're this, so this right um this is biological trifles this is in the liner notes of his that that came out at the time of the record I was born in Portsmouth, Virginia, July 12, 1942, and was fortunate enough to move away as soon as I became of age. Without any formal training, I awakened one morning only to find that I was a genius and could master a number of musical instruments, including piano, tambourine, sticks, finger cymbals, tweezers, washboard, and bobby pin. At 18 years old, I was captain of the volleyball team. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's uh, and uh, I owe all my present success to a very dear person, someone who stuck by me when things were really bad and has never made a motion to harm me or my talents in any way. A person whom I love, worship, and admire beyond any shadow of a doubt. Me! <laughs> With four exclamation points afterwards. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not totally surprised by that, that um, punchline at the end because he really treats Swamp Dog and uh, Jerry Williams as as two different characters and the fact that he sort of bumps between them talking about the Portsmouth roots and then surprise he's talking about Swamp Dog at the end makes total sense he talks about Swamp Swamp Dog as essentially his bigger older flashier brother um, who was protecting Jerry Williams and, and who could and, do stuff that Swamp Dog, that Jerry Williams wouldn't do yeah rolling down the street in a Rolls Royce and with all the diamonds and, and, and everything <laughs> um, and, but so the, the humor starts to really shine through the cover to Total Destruction of your mind is insane it's insane it's wonderful i love that he says it's so against the grain of the incredible matching colorful suits you look at the fifth dimension of the temptations around this time yeah they're looking awesome right you know, they're looking to the nines yeah and, and swamp dog is in a white overshirt and white white shorts with what looks like a, a, a pot on his head and he's sitting on a um pickup truck or on something, the back right? of a garbage truck and a pile of trash uh, with some beetle boots on and white socks pulled up around his knees, and it's just th- the opposite. So there's a, <laughs> the opposite, my favorite, and it's little, out of focus too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my favorite little tidbit about that cover is that is not a pot on his head. It's they were trying to make a graduation hat out of cardboard, <laughs> and the and the th- and painted silver for some reason. But I, what I love that he says about that, he was like. 
man, if we, if we had spent about 15 minutes more on the hat, it would have been perfect. <laughs> from there to rat on the cover is just i think he signs to electra records yes and electra records which is doing like the incredible string band and then they they get swamp dog somehow he he gets on there and they have no idea what to do with him especially <laughs> if he turns in that album cover he must have had final say on the album cover because swamp dog looking sort of like a kind of a one of the jackson five but like if they had gained a lot of weight and were in their late 30s right sitting on top of an enormous giant white rat mm-hmm. and with holding up his uh, both hands as though he's like uh he's like won a race of some right. kind like he's he's captured he's king of the mountain or something right i've heard him talk about it it's meant <laughs> it's meant to be like the victory moment like the the, the black man is atop the white the white rat i I had a feeling there's a racial thing happening and for sure but and then he talks about what most people don't notice is that the rat is smiling as if to say i'll get you off my back eventually (laughs) don't don't celebrate just yet don't celebrate just yet it's such an insane album cover but it does have that incredible bg's cover yep it's got uh god bless america for what for what um which uh, you know, really puts him in line. I think he was in L.A., uh, you know, marching with, with Jane Fonda and, like, Donald Sutherland and stuff. He was right up front. Uh, and I think that put him on uh, some some lists for Apparently, a while. He says, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, his anti-Nixon um, uh, uh, song there with God Bless America for what um, got him in, in a, a decent amount of trouble. Um, but one of my favorites is Remember I Said Tomorrow. Ooh. Why don't you play do you know that one? No, play, I, I think okay. I do, but let's hear it. That song guts me. It's mm. just about empty promises over and over and over again. And it's just oof. I mean, I would say that one of the themes that comes up very early in his career is, as Swamp Dog at least, there is the fantastical, there is a lot of the bedroom dynamics, uh, shall yeah. we say. A lot of sort of the, he, he would kind of, he likes to be sleazy, I guess you yeah. could say, and sort of trying to slip away and using ladies and ladies using him. But um, on the political stuff, he is uh, almost despondent in a way that you don't hear from a lot of black artists around this time. People compare him a little bit to There's a Riot Going On, Sly Stone. Sly Stone, it was his great hero. Mm -hmm. But um, it's dark. It's dark. Well, that's my takeaway always from Sly is a positivity yeah right a, like a, a rise up a good vibes a, a, a work together and this is is the the, the it's, dark it's reflection cynical, of that i guess yeah. but in a way that is not you just don't it's usually associate with soul artists right right yeah no it's a downer i it's, mean but it's it's sold sweetly i mean i think that that's he has enough skill as a producer and a songwriter to deliver either dark shit or weird shit in a sweet package mm-hmm. so that um you know it's listenable yeah it's always listenable yeah there's i mean uh there's very little uh, although he's got this gonzo personality there's very little gonzo recording and people always say frank zappa but there's not much of the uh novelty songs uh, and that's frankly that's why i was so sort of blown away by finding this huge catalog is that that's 
it's what I was looking for with a novelty song with a, like a Rudy Ray Moore that's like, you know, hilarious. Um, it only goes so far. You can't yeah. listen to it over and over and over again. And I can't, I personally can with this stuff. It's, There's a it's huge, awesome. huge heart. I mean, what you said to me, uh, I liked the line you texted me saying like, I, I feel like there's life pre swamp dog and post swamp dog <laughs> or life can be divided that way. Yeah. And I will say to those who want to get into swamp dog and I think everyone should, his, his disc, his discography is very confusing. It's jumbled because he was on so many different labels. Yeah. So the jumping on point is total destruction to your mind, which is his first record. Right. There there's and and on Spotify and on iTunes there's all sorts of compilations. It's clearly been uh, remastered recently. Yeah. All but there's almost no album that I've encountered of him that isn't good. Yeah. There's some stuff, there's some embarrassing moments, and sure. there's some stuff that is kind of, is is more, uh, is stranger than other things, but yeah. especially of the 70s records, even through 82, 83, yeah. you kind of can't go wrong. You with, really can't. I mean, But he so, goes on to, what's the third record is... Uh, have you heard this story, I think? Was no, that, no, 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 no. He first goes cuff collared tagged, Oh my God. I, so see, there you go. I thought that that came after, have you heard let this me, story? Let me read to you what uh, his own uh, words about cuffed, collared, tagged. And gas, which starts out with a cover of John Prine's song Sam Stone. Oh my I'm, god. I this is sacrilegious, but I prefer it. I love his It's version. phenomenal. And there's video on YouTube of them singing it together. But this is what he says. This album is by far the greatest piece of writing, arranging, producing, and sequencing genius that I've ever encountered. He's writing this about himself. Um, anyone who's heard the first two Swamp Dog albums will possibly say impossible. <laughs> But after listening to this one, we'll make the crossover to Incredible. <laughs> the only album that may possibly compare with this one is the one I'm contemplating doing in the late future. <laughs> what you've just read is my trip, and if you can't tolerate it, that's your trip. <laughs> I mean, it never ends with this guy. He's, um, he's amazing. And that record, that's the one... Um, it's got complication number five on there. It does. I yeah. think. Yep. Uh, what else is there on? Co- uh, I really like in my resume, which just you know is about a guy trying to write a resume and realizing you know what do I include? Do I include all my failures, all these wonderful things, bad, horrible things that have happened to me that have made me the who, who I am? You know, does that go on my resume? <laughs> it's it's, all, should, it's and it's beautiful. You, can you play it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's a little like you know when people in uh, the weekend came out. The um, the current guy who's yeah. so, so, so big, he was singing all about um, you know taking drugs and being insecure and being a failure. And it's a little like Swamp Dog in in that you realize that R and B there was a lot of peacocking, you know, and that's yeah. part of the whole thing. Right. And so for Swamp Dog not to do that right. is a departure. Um, you know, one thing I think we should play from this period, which mm-hmm. is because. We're at 1970. We're only 1972 right now. Oh my god! And in 1973, his album "Gag a Maggot" comes out, which is called, which he he basically says it's so funky it'll gag a maggot. That's that that that's what he says. This album is so funky that it'll gag a maggot and drown a drop. That's, wow! That's his that's his plug. That was in the original liner notes and in the um. In the liner notes, he writes later, By the way, this Gaga Maggot recording is damn good, and upon listening, you will witness the final quality mastering that could have been achieved uh, by any of the other mastering giants, considering that the tapes have vanished. (laughs) 
<laughs> you get stuff like that uh, constantly. And um, but he, uh, sorry, on Gaga Maggot around that time, he's uh, he's recording Irma Thomas. Irma Thomas, the wonderful singer who a lot of people know at this point from uh, anyone who knows what love is will understand mm-hmm. that amazing song that was in Black Mirror and has been in a lot of sort of uh, different things. But that is where we have uh, Dwayne um, Allman comes in, and I'm going to play uh, first. I'm going to play the beginning of a Dwayne song that Dwayne Allman plays on that. Uh, Swamp Dog wrote and that Irma sings and Irma's voice I prefer it to Doris Duke here we go So another one of these heartbreaking songs and just for people who want to know more about the Irma Thomas because it's not available um, on Spotify from what I can tell you can find it on iTunes but here's here's the beginning of Turn My World Around just this is another song written by Swamp Dog recorded in 1972 I think and the liner to that one basically talk about how Swamp Dog and his engineer drilled a hole in the ladies bathroom <laughs> so that they could spy all of her quote unquote wonderfulness <laughs> I'm, again uh, there is uh, the, the, the pluses and minuses of this man's uh, <laughs> uh, laying it all bare here's uh, Turn My World Around I can't eat The food is all around I've no desire to live Since you put me down I'm up all night Roaming the streets If I go to bed I can't sleep Turn my world around And come on back to me There's so much going on there. It's, just fantastic. I mean, it's got a, like a country rhythm, and then those horns are coming in. I mean, it's it's sort of everything. It's it's everything, man. And Gaga Maggot at the same time. I mean, that's when he's got uh, um, choking to death, and then in parentheses from the ties that bind. Great song. And he's got the incredible song, which might be up there with, I guess, his greatest quote unquote hits. Though I don't think anyone knows it is called Wife Sitter. I knew you were going to say Wife Sitter. I mean, Wife Sitter. It's about. Uh, it's exactly what you think it's about. Yeah, it's I'll about, babysit your wife. Yeah, I'll babysit your wife. Like that's uh, what I'll do. Um, and you know, that's what's going to happen. It's in a, <laughs> I couldn't pay for what I got last night. Oh man, that's a good one too. Mm. Which I mean, is a there's love song. so much. I mean, <laughs> you, you, the the humor is is built into every song title, and then there's things that um, I, I, I I've been quietly calling it the Shyamalan effect, which is basically you think it's about one thing, and then he flips it on you, um, and there's actually much more to the story, which uh, I think of when I hear, "Did I come back too soon, or did I stay away too long?" In parentheses, um, and. It's you know he's he's coming close to the bedroom door. He's hearing a lot going on inside, and then when he pushes open the door, we don't find out until about three quarters of the way through. It's it's his wife and another woman, which is you know again the Shyamalan effect. You, everything you thought has just changed a little bit. Well, have you ever heard the song um, "Or Forever Hold Your Peace"? No. Well, that is a song about a man uh, being introduced to his son's. Fiance, uh-huh. and realizing that he knows her from somewhere, uh-huh. and where he knows her from is a place where married men shouldn't go. Okay, and basically it just comes out that he has slept with his son's fiance. From the moment they walk through our living room door, I was sure I'd seen her somewhere before. 
they all turned their heads She winked at me Then I remembered it was somewhere A married man should be These words tortured me As we all sat down to eat Speak now forever, hold your peace That's, and that's the whole point of the song. I think but that's a plot quite, of a Jeremy Irons You don't movie. quite know what's going on. It's, but he's also sad about it, and he's like, oh, what am I going to tell my son? Or yeah. We definitely know each other. Yeah. And uh, it's usually you'd think it's like your brother's going to marry the person, yeah. but in this case, it's his son. Yeah. And I think that that's the Swamp Dog uh, you know, special sauce or whatever. Yeah, it really is. I don't know how else to say it. Um, but we go from like Gaga Maggot. Isn't that after that? Does he go to what's the story? Have you heard this story? Have you heard this story? Um, uh, I think so. Another great swamp, a swamp dog cover. It's sort of reminiscent of uh, uh, total destruction to your mind. And then he's he's again he's sitting. He's looking at camera at the camera. And, but he's time, sitting on a bean bag. Sitting on a bean bag. <laughs> and he's wearing um, tidy whities though they're red. And I think he's got a shirt that's got a little bear on it. But the same bear is on the underwear. Um, oh man! And he's got a hat on that he's looks got a, a little on. like the you'll lamp, see that hat again too. The lampshade guy from uh, Fat Albert and the Gang. Exactly. Um, um, that has uh, right. That has. Did I come back too soon? It has. When he was no one, the one that we talked about. Uh, yeah. So let's. When he was no one. Yeah. I knew Jesus is what the song's about, and it's. I think he's pushing back against sort of the Jesus people movement or something like that, but it's the exact same sentiment as the Glenn Campbell song. Before he, I knew Jesus before he was a star, which was a year before I think. Is which that right? Year, but I, I, I forget if one is. I forget. I, I thought that Swamp Dog came first. Okay, but I think I'm wrong. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Swamp Dog came after because there's certainly a <laughs> lot, a lot of like you know you hear different sounds of the time are reflected in his songs or different sentiments. Like the other thing that that is such sort of a. a a perfect ripoff is Ebony and Jet. Uh, if we jump to greatest hits, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think is a greatest hits album, but I could be wrong. It is definitely not. Yeah. No, that's uh, so. Have you heard this story? Is 1974. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's got that. Did I come back too soon? Or did I stay away too long? Yeah. And that incredible Jesus song. Right. But yeah, greatest hits. It's it. The title is question mark, question mark, question mark. Greatest hits? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> and uh, it's not a greatest hits album. Okay, that makes me feel good because I was pretty sure that was the case. But man, it has some of my favorites on there. Um, no Bugles, uh, in parentheses, Paradoxical, which is a great song. Um, oh, that's an incredible song. Buzzard Luck. Which, buzzard Luck. He's got Buzzard Luck. Which is the lowest of the low. It's not bad luck. It's lower than that. It's Buzzard Luck. Yeah. It's, Should we play that? We'll play Buzzard Luck. Can't kill nothing. He just runs through routines where uh, examples where he's had bad luck, which 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 eventually gets to he goes to the draft board in drag to not get into the army, and they decide, hey, we're going to take ladies today and take him on. That's buzzard luck right oh my there. Gosh. See, um, I, I missed that sort of thing because you know the cover to um, 
to greatest hits question mark question mark question mark <laughs> is in black and white and he's wearing this funny like buddha shirt on it and uh you know the cover to gaga maggot we never mentioned is a picture of him on top of a pile of trash and he said that he was intentionally trying to make you puke yeah with the, and then you have what's the story where he's in his underwear lounging on a bean bag and so the um who he's trying to appeal to with the covers is uh, not this kind of people you think would really be into a lot of this music. I think comedy fans is basically who he's going for, but he's delivering, you know, again, just like infectious music. Um, but also the greatest, that quote unquote greatest hits uh, album has Ebony and Jet, which to me... Is that cover is, of Rolling Stone? Yeah, sort of basically. It's a Dr. Hook thing? Yeah, exactly. He's like, I know, won't know if I've made it until I get on the cover of Ebony and Jet. Which... It kind of makes uh, perfect sense based on uh, what I've read about him is that he sort of his big takeaway on his career is that, you know, even when he had a million dollars, like he discovered money doesn't mean much. What he was always in search of was was fame. He was looking for the cover of Ebony and Jet. And mm -hmm. as a result of not getting that, he had to find happiness, you know, some other way. Four gold records and an album that's number one. You know, one thing we, we forgot to mention about that, actually, his, his, his career that seems to be a very deep part of it, that, um, that kind of some of the lyrics would, um, uh, I don't know, push against this or belie the fact that his wife, Yvonne, yes. who he writes a song called... Yvonne. Yvonne, but I think he spells it out. I think it's Y-V-O-N-N-E. Yes. Um, she is like the sort of the ball buster and she's the business... Um, mind here and she's making a lot of this happen that uh you know she's not just answering the phone she's making she's sure hunting she, down she's hunting down money. people who use his stuff when they shouldn't she's always uh mentioned in these uh the liners she's always mentioned as like the album coordinator mm. in every single one she's the album coordinator so they were a team yeah she's clearly his his partner she seems awesome yeah um but we go from so you can hear the production values in that in uh, greatest hits question mark question mark, question mark already changing a little bit toward the slightly more disco vibe. Yeah. And we get there um by the way there's a song on on greatest hits uh, question mark question mark question mark <laughs> I love that we have Stop to say it every that. time because <laughs> it's not as great as this, uh, that also captures his uh, his sort of uh, politics there's a song called I've never been to Africa and oh, it's man. your fault and have you heard the part two of that which is uh, he, is that the surfing in Harlem one no <laughs> <laughs> no there's another he re-records it but it takes on uh, sort of a a, a, a highwayman uh, tone it's on oh no you're right it's on surfing in Harlem my bad my, my oh. bad yeah I got um, it. And some more incredible album art, by the way. If you want to, it's like an early Photoshop a picture of Swamp Dog in his drawers uh, surfing uh, in the sky <laughs> over Harlem. <laughs> and he's in on the joke. I mean, this is not a guy who's like an outsider artist. He's, he's, he's trying yeah. to make you laugh. Yeah, for sure. Or he's really, they call him uh, R&B's weirdest weirdo. <laughs> and I think that that, that kind That's of appropriate. Gets get but anyway, let me just circle back really quick. That second, I've never been to Africa and it's your fault, um, is takes on a timelessness where he's talking about him, him as a, a slave. I was sold in Virginia, in Maryland, you changed my name. Big cotton in Georgia, in Florida, I cut sugar cane. You raped my woman in Carolina and Alabama. I was hung because I spoke up in Mississippi. You took a knife and cut out my tongue. Well, I never been to Africa, and it's your fault. Love to go to Africa and get caught. Never been to Africa, and it's your fault. That's the home of the black man. There I'd be 
Well, um, if you if, like from there, by the way, I think I think we go to "You're Never Too Old to Boogie," which is 1976. Maybe we're up to that. Okay. But that also is released under the title "An Opportunity, Not a Bargain." It's a, so it's a good album. I'm confused, but it's a great album. He apparently wanted to call it "It's a Bitch." Okay. That's, that's what he wanted to call. But there's a song on there that you have alerted me to, uh, called uh, um, "The Other Man." Mm. Can we play part of that? Yeah, let's do it. Here, I got it. Just a, just another like total tuneful song. He does a he does a song on there called Dino Might. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the good times must be coming on at this point, but mm-hmm. that's a great tune as well. Man, they, they just keep coming in in this era. And then uh, I, I'm not even sure uh, what comes next for sure. But um, fi- finally, finally caught up with myself. It is, up. yeah, and that's 1977. That is my favorite album cover, by the way. It's him <laughs> in a white suit catching up with uh, on one side of the album, and then he sees himself on the other side of the album in a black suit. And this, the album is called "Finally Caught Up with Myself," and he's pointing at his other version, and the other guy's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> And, um, yeah, I just can't stop laughing about it. But you do have uh, disco really coming in here. But it's also got a song on here with a classic title. And you wonder, um, with Swamp Talk, some of the titles of songs are so good that he must have come up with them first. But he's got a song here called, If You Gotta Do Wrong, Do It Right. If You you Gotta gotta Do Wrong, Let's hear part of that. Do it. She's away on holiday, so that's your cue to get down. You're stepping out with that other woman from Cincinnati town. You're getting your neighbor to take her to your house and share the comforts another woman made for you that's pushing too hard, that's stretching too far. Approaching a, a, a Brian Wilson level of specificity in these <laughs> lyrics, he's like, if you really want to do it, go over to the Holiday Inn. Don't bring her to your house. And like, you'll have it for 24 hours. If you got to do wrong, do wrong. He, he's using a different voice, by the way, on this record, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, and you got the... You, I love you have that those he's basically keyboards. saying, like, listen, <laughs> there's this thing called a hotel, and you just pay a guy some money. And you lock the door, and for 24 hours, it's, that's all yours. That's the. Can can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, we maybe we should get to. Um, maybe we should compile a list one day of all the songs about the Holiday Inn. because oh, remember on great. Kiss, we talked about living in sin at the Holiday Inn. And Neil Diamond has a Holiday Inn song. Ooh. Um, I know there are others. There have to be. Yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder if the the brand, uh, the, the people at the headquarters know about Swamp Dog. Um, but there's still a, a Shyamalan effect on on this song, which is that he. Second verse or third verse, he then starts talking to the wife of the man he was talking to originally and saying, like, the reason you went out of town is because you're stepping out and you found somebody that uh, uh, will, uh, you know, give you some action on the side. But you don't you you don't feel confident about yourself. So you're paying for everything. Now, don't do that. (laughs) 
because your husband earned that money for you and him. And so don't, that guy, that other man, he'll pay for it. Don't you go paying for it. You're great. Just trust that you're great. It's, and then, it's a real blow by blow. It's blow by blow. <laughs> and then the, the final Shyamalan move at the end is that like, I've been cheating on my wife for ages and never got caught. So just take my word for it. It's just, it's layer um, upon layer. So if we're to break down his main lyrical themes at this point, I think we could say that infidelity in all of its variations is a big theme. Yeah. Whether that's heartbreak, whether that's how to cheat, whether that's um, we're, you're cheating on me, whether I'm cheating on you, all of that. Then you have... Um, I've gotten totally screwed over. Yes. There's a lot of songs about getting really... Um, screwed, whether it's by society, whether it's by the record man, whether... Oftentimes, it's involving some money. Yeah. Or that's the backdrop. Yes. And then finally, there's sort of racial injustice that's yes. um, deep-seated and sad, but he's also kind of got a sense of humor about. Yeah. There's a quote from him around this time where they asked him, actually, this is sort of from later, but they said... because. All of this again. It, it's a strange brew. He says they can't find a hole for this pigeon, <laughs> but I don't feel rained on. I don't feel bad. I still consider myself the most successful failure in the United States, and that's really not bad at all. Wow, I love that line. He's um again R&B's weirdest weirdo. It's another critic describes it as thought provoking and completely nonsensical, kind of like his entire recording <laughs> career. I don't it's actually that nonsensical um this song the album finally caught up with myself also has a song in there that's um spoiler alert it's in my top five okay because it's so different from it. it's called all around friend but oh, I, I don't know that we're one. gonna we can play it later because uh, he goes from there well i i sorry. just want to point out trash is a great song it's sort of eerily um oh, thanks for thanks for sweet yeah um and understanding California women is just a hilarious <laughs> ride as you go through this story about a guy that's just um, uh, hanging on a hanging out on a street corner, and then this rich, beautiful woman comes up to him, takes him in for a while, treats him to the sweet life of. Uh, she never sleeps with him, but she invites other women over to sleep with him, and she hangs outside of his door and pants heavily, uh, <laughs> and then kick, and then later gets some uh, her 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 driver to come along and. And, uh, and drop him off on a corner and say, there, I've made your dreams come true. It's just this it's, weird... It's a country music element of storytelling that I guess... Um, I remember reading another critic saying, like, black music uh, for around the early 70s stopped being that interested in being linear. Mm. Uh, and it got more interested in funk and sort okay. of the party. Swamp Dog didn't go down that route. Right. And he kept covering these country songs and telling these songs that had punchlines in them. Yeah. And yet the song itself is really good. Yeah. Because as members, you said earlier, if it was just a punchline, mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to listen to it again. Yeah, that's true. But the next, the next, next stop, yeah, I think next? he does Party Tonight, which is a straight disco record, which is pretty good. But for me, I go straight to, I'm not selling out, I'm buying in. That's the name of the um, record. It's a great album. And it's another great uh, album cover where he is in a white tuxedo <laughs> standing on a boardroom. Uh, there's all these sort of fancy looking guys sitting around a boardroom and he's standing on top of it. He's got a top hat and a cane and looking like, welcome to the party. Uh, because at this point, I think he's sick of not making any money. Right. Um, and it's got a song on there. He does Total Destruction to Your Mind once again. Right. Which is okay, but California is Drowning and I uh, Live Down by the River is a song on there. Yeah, My favorite he, song is on there is Low Friend in High Places. I don't know that one. Can I, I'm going to play Low Friends in High Places for us. How about that? Do it. Or there's all, but, but before I do, yes. the song titles never quit here because there's a song in here called The Love We Got Ain't Worth Two Dead Flies. <laughs> I mean, why did that not become a hit, Swamp Dog? Here you go. Lonely friends in high places Just a bunch of devils wearing mean little faces Build them high, build them low Fire red traps with paper walls and floors You can take a shortcut, you can cut He's such a good songwriter. Yeah. 
And that's what he's most proud of, by the way, is his songwriting. And he's going to continue through the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and I, I sort of haven't, I haven't dug, dug in very deeply past that outside of the brand new record. But there's, a, there's another record called I Called for a Rope and They Threw Me a Rock. Great album um, title. Jesus. There's one called The Reinvention of Swamp Dog, which actually has him being like look like a frankenstein revived. creature being revived by two, <laughs> two like, ladies sort of se- semi-sexy nurses yeah if i ever kiss it he can kiss it goodbye i love that song um and then there's one which, which is just a tribute to rock and roll it's called give him as little as you can as often as you have to <laughs> uh then we go to an awful christmas and a lousy new year which unfortunately the title's better than the actual song and then the white man made me do it Sort of right. straight up. That's 2014. Yeah, there's there's a couple good songs in there. At least I I haven't spent too much time with that album, but uh, yeah. Oh, and in the middle of it though, he records an incredible country record. Yes, called "Don't Give Up on Me," which has "That's My Wife" in there, which actually is is everything. Hardly a uh, a song about cheating. It's it's a devotion song to his wife. She's watched all of the soap since '81, but knows that I like old. She tunes for me. She reads all the papers and a book a day and passes all the news my way. So I stay awake when conversations begin. I'm so glad I got that child. Say I love us putting it by. Everything she does is right. I take out my chest and say, that's my wife. And, you know, he does start making money here. You know, they did a, there's an amazing spin, uh, did a, did a um, great profile of him, I think in 2013 or something. But he, he's a bit of a, he's become a bit of a Svengali probably because he's been burned so many times. But he's, he purchased a bunch of back catalogs. He's, he's got right. access to all his funds. And uh, rappers started covering his stuff or sampling, sampling his stuff. Yeah. And he was very good about tracking them down. So I think like, it, Total Destruction in Your Mind did go gold, but after 22 years, that's the only, that's the closest he's ever gotten a yeah. hit under his own name. But Johnny Paycheck covered one of his songs in the country charts, and it went... Yeah, She's All I Got, which is a pretty phenomenal song. So he's made his money. Um, um, yeah, DMX. DMX, yeah. Um, yeah. And and he's he's very litigious too, as far as finding that money. Even though his his late wife has has passed, he's he's still on the ball, um, which is great. Yeah, which is good. he good may for be coming him. after us for. Uh, for I know playing he his does songs. have though this. Then recently he's been in the news because he did Love Loss and Auto Tune, which has all of this these tracks with Bon Iver with Justin. So Vernon. yeah, I, that that's right. Basically, where I went right after you texted me about him. Uh, I looked into Total Destruction to Your Mind, heard a couple tracks there before going deep into everything else, and then went to this brand new album, which came out a few months ago. And Pit- it's, Pitchfork gave it a great review. He's 76, by the way. It's wonderful. You know, uh, uh, Autotune has, is, is old at, at this point, um, but is used really creatively here it feels fresh it feels so fresh um and it's haunting you know his his vocals i feel like have never been more affecting at least as far as my my listening ears go um and yet there's some really funny stuff true to swamp dog there's some really funny stuff there but um he one track that that is pretty profound is lonely um which it seems like he's sort of truly bare he's not taking on a character there he's he's burying his soul and saying you know I, they did you know the woman of my life is is gone and here i am kind of going through the through the motions and it's tough i mean he's on the cusp you might say once bon iver is like doing your stuff um it could be that you're on the cusp of being rediscovered or reevaluated or just simply discovered, period. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was, when I was a, I, my guide to all things music for a long time was the All Music Guide, but the, like, not the website, the actual physical book. Sure. Swamp Dog isn't even in there. Really? He wasn't even in there. I mean, you can find information about him now. So these people who found out about Swamp Dog usually found out about him because of Bizarro album covers yeah. that led them to listen to it. And, um, 
you know, the stuff that you're right, it's, it's kind of cutting edge. And, you know, he, they did do a couple of videos where, of course, he's in shorts. <laughs> he's, he's back in shorts. He's back in shorts. But what's your, sitting on the edge of an empty pool. We've, uh, we've come Lex, to the end of our we've time. We've come to our end of our time. What do you got for a top five? So top five uh, for me, uh, remember I said tomorrow mm-hmm. um, off Rat On. Again, uh, we played that um, just kills me. Uh, buzzard luck, I think, is hilarious. I, I, I want to use the phrase buzzard luck going forward as far as the worst kind of luck. In my resume, um, Believe in Me Baby has such like an up-tempo vibe. Um, that's a really great song. Um, if you got to do wrong, do it right. That that's, was my that's fifth, great... fifth one. And then, of course, I'm, I'm going to recommend all of Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune because the whole album is, is it, an experience. Okay, I'm not going to do these in any particular order, but I love the song The Other Man. I think that's a great song. I love this song um, off of, I think it's, uh, it's off of, um, I just caught up to myself, the song All Around Friend, which mm. is sort of a slow kind of ballady song, but it's, it's, it's unlike anything else he did. I um, love the song Low Friends in High Places. Yeah. I think the Sam Stone cover um, kind of bl- blows my mind. And then... Um, I think maybe either complication number five mm-hmm. or oh, shoot um, or one of those Irma Thomas. Uh, I mean, I'll just I'll just give you guys wife sitter. If you can <laughs> pick up the Irma Thomas song record and uh, listen to turn my world around or we won't be in your way anymore. But those are that's a solid that's a, that, solid. That, that's a great way to get into Swamp Dog. Those those 10 tracks, you, you will get a good solid understanding well and if you can find interviews with him too he is just as colorful to listen to hear him spin a yarn as he is oh for to sure talk about and to listen to i do know one thing he hates king curtis <laughs> oh my gosh he does not he's got a list of enemies man and, and he's as he would say they're all dead <laughs> and he's so not you, you do the math <laughs> um should we send it out i really want to send it out with sex with your ex off the new album but i won't um how about i'll pretend I'll pretend that you're gone on vacation and you'll be back in a week or maybe two. And when the phone rings, I'll pretend it's you calling to tell me you miss me and you coming home soon. Tell me you're not coming home. 